When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. DNVR, we are live from the DNVR bar in Studio A right here in the heart of QB country. Wow. And Studio A, the A stands for actual possibilities today in terms of, let's talk about some prospects who are actual possibilities for the Denver Broncos. We've spent so much time talking about the quarterbacks in the pre-Russell Wilson era, an era that I personally cannot remember at all. Um, (laughs) This was just so long ago. Um, and we haven't talked about very many other guys on this show. Henry, obviously, uh, of draft podcast fame, that's me, uh, has talked about a lot of these guys. Um, yeah. And so we're going to get into that first. want to give a shout out to MSU Denver, MSU Denver.edu slash online, where you can go to scope out all they have to offer. And they have a lot to offer, including 750 total classes, 45 plus online and, uh, hybrid programs. And you can pretty much do anything over there at MSU Denver, uh, but you can especially keep a full-time job because MSU Denver students work twice as many hours as students attending any other college institution. Also, Yoke Week rolls on. Uh, got five straight days of Jokic shirts. I thought you said you, you didn't know what you're going to wear. I know. I forgot about this one. This is the first one oh. we ever made. It wasn't even designed by D-Line. Oh, really? Yes. It was designed by uh, looks kind of good. the homie Matt Cisneros. <laughs> oh, really? Uh, yes, okay. it was. Um, it was, it's a long story behind it that we won't get into here on this show. Um, but I, I was able to keep it rolling every day that I've worn a Jokic shirt, his odds to win MVP have gotten better. So I'm just going to keep doing it. Do they get better again today? They got better twice last night. Wow. That's crazy. Yes. I'm really worried about Giannis. They got better once after the Sixers lost to the Pistons. Good job. Okay. Yeah. Uh, And then once after Giannis went crazy and Giannis actually made a 450 point jump after that game but for whatever reason they also moved Jokic even further into the league yeah like two days ago he was sitting there at plus 1200 and I was like well that seems weird like I thought Giannis was kind of like right there but I guess if DraftKings says so and now he's sitting at like plus 450 or plus 550 or something and I did I don't like that a little bit on to Giannis at when he was at plus a thousand anyways uh let's jump into this and Henry I'm really gonna let you take the lead here I kind of want you to Talk me into some of your favorite okay. prospects. Um, and as we go through here, we can kind of talk about what the Broncos need. Can you draft for need that late in the draft, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, the floor is yours. 
Okay. Um, I mean, so what? At 64, you're really just looking for somebody who drops. And and inevitably, what actually happens during the draft is you notice there's like two, three guys who are dropping. You're like, oh, look, the Broncos are going to get one of them. And then George Payton goes and takes somebody who you're like, well, what's that all about? You had DeMarvin Leal right there, for right. example. But, I mean, that's that's really where I'm going with all these is just guys who could potentially fall to 64. And this is kind of a bold one, but let's just start with the tight ends. I mean, Trey McBride probably going to be going around pick 40 or so. Okay. But that's within the range of, like, surprising draft day falls, I think. You know, I'd be surprised if he gets much past 64. Yeah. But but I do think that there is a possibility that he could still be on the board. Um, and and if, if he's not, then there's a couple other tight ends who'd be good there, too. If you're Trey McBride's family, are you planning a day two draft party? Yeah. Or a two-day yeah. draft party. That's how I'd phrase it, yeah. Okay. I think, I mean, what? I think there's probably think like a 30%, a one in three chance he goes in the first round would be where I put it. What I would do if I were them is say, like, we're not doing anything for the first round, just want to be with family, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. But make it seem like we're, we're still expecting to be picked. Uh-huh. But like, oh, I don't want to do it. We'll I don't celebrate do the a next draft night. party. Yeah. And then, yeah, and then we're going to do a party uh-huh. celebrating wherever he ends up the next day. And then it's like a, you get the best of both worlds. That's probably the move. I mean, the the reason I think he could fall, though, is just because, I mean, he's a little bit smaller tight end, and he's, he comes from Colorado State. Okay, so just for people who maybe are new to the show, mm-hmm. weren't listening back when we were at the Senior Bowl, he was one of the prospects we talked about the most that mm-hmm. wasn't a quarterback, because remember, we're focused on quarterbacks back then. Um, but we talked a lot about Trey McBride at the Senior Bowl, and he was awesome. Yeah, his hands. He, and he can his, jump. So he has like okay so here's the two things about Trey McBride. The one thing is he looked tiny compared to the other tight ends there. And when I say tiny, I'm not exaggerating at all. He like I was joking like he looked like Wes Welker standing <laughs> next to Demarius Thomas. So next to some of the other uh uh tight ends, he looked really really small when they're just standing there. Mm-hmm. Then when he gets out there on the field, what you realize is his reach is insane and so that's why when you go back and watch trey mcbride highlights you see him making all these like way away from his body spectacular kind of like kittle right is what it looks like It's because his arms are so long Mm -hmm. so his catch radius despite being i i wouldn't give him much over six three um despite being smaller he's long and Mm -hmm. he can not only use that to catch balls away from his body but he can also use uh, he can also use those those arms combined with his lower center center of gravity to really mm-hmm. do a nice job blocking people. Totally, yeah. What, like did, he, he, what did he actually measure in at? Because I'm probably under. I think it was very bit. different. I think at the the Senior Bowl he was like six four, okay. and then he went to the the combine. They said six three. Okay, all right. All it was right, something right. like that where there's just like a massive separation. You're like, well, what does this? How even is that mean? even possible? I know. Like we're using different right measuring systems. Uh, somebody paid somebody off. I don't know. Yeah, that's but crazy. I mean, he's probably not there at sixty-four. If they wanted to trade up to like, like he falls to forty-five, fifty or something, that might be a good move. Just because I mean, right now you have Albert O and you have that Tomlinson guy, and it's like you have your receiver and you have your blocker. But that's not. So what? Like, yeah. like the the point of a tight end and the why everybody gets so excited about him now is because you don't know how to defend him. Like, you need to bring somebody into the box, and you're like, oh, do we bring a corner? Do we match up a linebacker? And with either of those guys, the answer is pretty obvious. What's interesting, though, is, one, Russ hasn't really had much of a tight end. He did have... Um, the ghost of Jimmy Graham. The ghost of Jimmy Graham at yep. one point. But... 
The ghost of Greg Olson. The ghost of Greg Olson. <laughs> One of the things about those guys, though, is when he was targeting them, he was just targeting them vertically <laughs> a lot of the time. <laughs> and if there's a knock on Russ, it's that he doesn't really use the middle of the field uh, much at all. He likes to yeah. go vertical. He likes to go to the sidelines. And uh, that's the theory is that he can't see the middle of the field as well, <laughs> yeah. so he'd rather just go where he can see. <laughs> it um, works out, though. It works out fine, but it does make it seem like maybe it's a little bit of a luxury to have two really good tight ends. Yeah, that's true. Right now, you might be sitting on zero, though. No, I think in terms of what this offense is going to do, I think Alberto is going to be really good for it. Okay, okay. Um, because uh, you just want mismatches. Like, you know, like Julius Thomas wasn't a tight end, but Peyton Manning made him look pretty damn good. It's true. It's true. Um, Just to, like, wrap up tight ends, Jalen Weidermeyer – from Texas A&M, like he's just massive. A he's a freak. Wider. He doesn't. He is a little wider. Doesn't really block though, and he just has like the size where like he should be able to block. He he wasn't quite as productive. He, he was kind of disappointing, um, but potentially would have been like a first round pick before this whole process. But yeah, I mean, we were obviously both there at Mile High mm-hmm. when the Buffs played them, and he looks like an NFL player. He he does. <laughs> he does. And I mean. This is a little. They had a lot of guys that looked like NFL players. They sure did, and we're gonna talk about a couple more of them. But I think, uh, like that CU game, that was the one where they just played man across the board with a safety back behind, and and the one player who was able to to beat the coverage and and move the chains or pick up any sort of yards was Mm Widermeyer. So Mm -hmm. we can throw that there. Isaiah Likely from Coastal Carolina, another tight end. Yep. I don't know. I like the tight ends. It's likely that one of those guys could fall. It's very likely that at least one of them will be there. Um, uh, and again, if I was to look at one that that has the highest chance of falling, it would probably be between McBride and Likely. Yep. For similar kind of reasons. <laughs> um, the other thing with with Trey McBride is he obviously dominated against just lesser competition same thing with close to carolina like mm-hmm. when when nfl teams are making these decisions and i'm not trying to knock trey, trey mcbride i hope no, he i think he's a first round pick yeah that's yeah. why we're talking about right. it <laughs> um um but when teams are looking at this they try to eliminate as many variables and risks as mm-hmm. they can and so like they're gonna look at a guy like weidermeyer in my opinion and say like okay mm-hmm. played in the sec he has the size he has the strength he looks the part check 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 he's gonna be the one that goes first i think yeah I think so too. Um, where do we go next? I th- how about the receivers? Okay. I know that the Broncos don't really need a receiver, and a receiver at sixty-four would kind of be a waste. Okay, so before we open up that conversation, let's just open up this conversation. When you're drafting and your first mm-hmm. pick is at sixty-four, you don't really have the luxury of drafting for need. No, because what is the guy gonna do? Like, it's not like your odds are you're not gonna draft somebody who it's like, yeah, easy Instant plug and play starter. Like you just solved your problem. You you would like picks in the top 100 to contribute immediately mm-hmm. yep um but that doesn't necessarily mean day one starter exactly and that's why like I, I get the hype for a tackle at 64 but there's a part of me that thinks like is that really the route that you want to go down like to me in a dream world you either get a first round tackle or you just pay somebody who's really good and you don't really mess around but then i mean there's other guys like bernard ryman who could fall because and he's kind of like one of the raw ones in the top five uh, trevor penning another kind of raw tackle who maybe they they just like slip down somebody like that wouldn't be bad um but like but what are you expecting from these guys right i think one of those three picks in a perfect world ends mm-hmm. up being a, a tackle a ball of clay mm-hmm. um because the, the broncos have not drafted a single tackle since garrett bulls that's the wild. last time they drafted a tackle in any round 
And so huh. you'd like to just have someone on well, their Sh- roster. Schlotman wasn't a draft pick, was nope. he? No. No, undrafted. No. Yeah. They have not drafted one since Garrett Bowles. And so it's like at some point you'd like to just put some talent in the pipeline that isn't yep. an undrafted free agent out of like central Arkansas. You would think. Um, so that's why I would say like one of those three picks I'd like to end up being a tackle. But like I said, you really just don't have the luxury of drafting for need. If you're going to draft for need, I said this the other day, like number 15 is where I would cut it off and say like, you're now putting yourself in a bad position. If you're in a pigeonhole, like yeah. if you're in the top 10 and you really need a tackle, you can probably just say like, we'll take the first or second best tackle off the board. Yeah. Um, but the further down you get, the less, the more you're pigeonholing yourself in, in, you know, when you go through a draft class, you realize that, you know, the higher, depending on the position, it gets thinner and thinner, the lower you go. So to that, all that to being said, you kind of have to go BPA mm-hmm. at 64 that could be a receiver. And with George Payton, I think he's taking BPA regardless of the pick. Like somebody like him, like he's not even did it he, last year. Exactly. Like I don't think he's gonna mess around and be like, oh, you know, this guy kind of might fit by whatever. I, I think that they pretty clearly will just go whoever's best. Um, those receivers though, and that's why you would talk about the receivers is because there's so many, and odds are the best player available. Like George Pickens is potentially going to be right there. John Mechie, who tore his ACL like four months ago, so he's going to be out a while, he's probably still on the board at that point. Mm. And if John Mechie's sitting there, mm. how, how do you pass on John Mechie? I mean, I can give you the case for why you pass yeah. on him, uh, but why you don't pass on him, I'll start with, is <laughs> speed receiver, right? Mm-hmm. And you just don't know if you have one right now. Uh, obviously, yeah. Judy is quick. You like that. KJ Hamler is crazy fast mm-hmm. and he doesn't play. So uh, he he played quite a bit those first few weeks. I mean, enough for, for like a fourth receiver. What I'm saying is he can't stay on the field. Oh yeah, there's that. And so you it feels like a luxury pick, but it might be more of like a you're drafting over a a player that hasn't produced for you because of health. Mm-hmm. You'd love for and then if you know if KJ gets healthy all of a sudden then you have, you know, a good problem. A lot of exactly. really good players. Exactly. And it, people always get hurt. I mean, we saw Seth Williams out there. We've seen Tyree Cleveland out there. Like, sure, there's a lot of receivers, but there's always room for more at that position. Mm-hmm. I do think, though, like, if you're going after somebody, it's it's probably just, like, a true slot type. Like, a Hunter Renfro yeah. just move the, move the chains and not, like, the George Pickens. Either that or, like, a, a Wandale Robinson. Somebody who you could move into the backfield and like move out and put him in the slot and, and do some of those like Debo sort of things. I was going to say, you have to imagine Debo invented a new position last year. Yep. And teams are going to be really open to using different players. We, I know you agree with this. Someone's got to do it with Visca. Um, yeah. And they would be dumb not to. But what's the most you would trade for Visca? As the Broncos, like considering the receivers they already have? Um, one of the thirds. Yeah. I think so too. But he has the same problem, which is why I think teams might be hesitant to use him in the Debo role, which is he can't stay healthy. Yeah. You know, he always gets banged up. Now he has done in the better pros, in he's the been pros. Good. But it, I just remember looking last year, especially, and it was always something. He's always showing up on the injury report. Mm-hmm. Maybe he's toughing it out and playing on Sundays, but that we know, we, we saw it firsthand, 100% Visca versus 80% Visca is actually a really big drop-off. It is. Because what he does is breaks tackles. Yeah. And, like, if you're not breaking tackles, then, yeah, it's a huge drop-off. Um, let's see. Let's uh, How about the edge rushers? Real quick, just to finish off, um, yeah. 
what what about just pure speed wide receivers that could be there um you're in kind of a weird spot i feel like because like a Jahan dotson from uh Penn, Penn State. State, he's probably gone yeah. toward the top of the second. But again, like Trey McBride, maybe he falls for some reason. Um, like that Sky was... Moore from Western Michigan, he's probably like a better pick in like the third round. Okay. But I think he could be in that conversation there. Um, honestly, like Mechie is, is right there. Right. Um, Do you know what like they were thinking he could have run? Like, Anything I bet like it was that. crazy fast. I mean, it, it's a, you would have to think. I, I guess he's a little bit shorter. He's only like 5'11". Yeah. So it's usually those long-legged guys who put up the crazy times. Yeah, but, but I mean, he would yeah. he would easily be under 4'4". Okay. But he's, yeah. he's, he can fly, yeah, and he can fit into the slot. That's flying, yeah. That's right. Yeah. I, uh, it would be so much fun. Him or Pickens. He's on my Madden team. 94 speed, just for uh, yeah. reference. Yeah, I think that that's <laughs> probably fair. Um, I don't know. Like the edge rushers, I feel like that's the other place where you could really see them trying to target somebody. Um, so to me, mm-hmm. not only do I see this as the most likely, mm-hmm. I see it as the best case scenario. It's a deep class yep. for edge rushers. Whether anyone wants to believe it or not, the Broncos are actually desperate at the position. Uh, mm-hmm. That might be overstating it a little bit. It's um, a weird one because they have so many players. Right, but they have two really big question marks. Yep. Is what they have at the position right now. Yep, that's it. And Jonathan Cooper. And Jonathan Cooper. Who well, and now Baron is, Browning too. Yeah, and Malik I think, Reed. I think everyone, including us, made a little bit too big of a deal out of it because when they asked Hackett about it this week, he downplayed it severely huh. and just basically said like, "Yeah, we want our guys to be able to do as many as much as they can." And we said uh, when it first came out, like mm-hmm. the way that we'd be okay with that is if the idea is, look, we're going to play a lot of dime and we're not going to have him as the linebacker on the field when we go dime. Hmm. We want to keep him on the field, though, so let's go have him rush the passer. Yeah, or even as, yeah, like as a, in like the 3-4 on, on like rundowns. Right. Like he would be a, a really good like at, at setting the edge and tackling from there. That might, there's, there's fewer reads. Not yeah. that I think he was like bad with the reads, but for a young player it kind of makes sense to, not just like set about the edge right here and fitting the run. Yeah, know. it's simple. Uh, yeah. Um so but but for for real like you have Bradley Chubb who is just a name at this point in my opinion. You yeah. have I, he was so good his rookie year and yeah. just like he I don't know. Like sacks are so hard to get normally. They like if you have bone spurs trying to get sacks like if you play your four games or whatever I, uh, I get, but yeah, I get it. But totally. I'm just saying, if you t- if you put your hand over his name and looked at his production, oh, you'd totally. be like, that's not an answer at the position. Totally. And so there's a question mark. Randy Gregory is a question mark. Uh, you you let Malik Reed essentially walk. Jonathan Cooper Ra- is. I push back on Randy Gregory a little bit too. I think I think he's kind he's of a stud. Already hurt. He is already hurt. But they knew he was hurt. Like it, it's fixing the hurtness. I guess he could get hurt again. It just seems like at this point... I don't want it to happen. Yeah. I'm just saying it's a question mark. He could get hurt. He not, he doesn't play full seasons. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, I'll touch wood on his behalf. But you, you, to me, it's a sneaky weakness of the defense. Definitely. Definitely. And it's a deep position in the draft class. Exactly. And that's why it fits. And that's why, like, you know, David Ojabo, probably not there. He's somebody we talked more about when they were in the picking in the top 10. But... You see him in all these mock drafts now, like falling out of the first round sometimes. So it's unlikely he could slip that far. But some of these really good edge rushers will, and he's one who would fit really well. Who's the team that's going to take? Like, what's the type of team that takes David Ojabo? Because it's a kind of an interesting 
position. You, mm-hmm. you're, you're not in win-now mode, um, and you're not, you know, one of these teams that is in re- – I guess a, a team that's in true rebuild, top of the second round. Easily, You know, yeah. you're looking at, like, let's just say the Jags, for example. Kind of makes sense mm-hmm. for them to be like, we're not winning this year anyway, so let's take a really, really high upside player yep. that isn't going to play until next year. Yeah, I, I think so. I think he'd be he's a tough one to evaluate just because he was playing across from Aiden Hutchinson. Mm-hmm. And so, like, it's easy to look at it and be like, yeah, he was pretty raw. At the same time, though, like, as Dre really likes to point out, there were games where he was better than Aiden Hutchinson. And it's like, well, is that because they're double teaming Aiden and he's coming right, open? Right. And, and I do wonder, but he, he is just like that, that Von Miller type of speed edge rusher that has worked really well in Denver. Yeah. And so I, I think he'd be a fun one, but more, more realistically, you look at guys like uh like a Drake Jackson from USC. Mm. He's a good one. Another one of those just like pure bendy speed sorts of guys. Uh, Nick Bonito is more versatile from Oklahoma. I think of those two, one of them should definitely be on the board at that pick. Um, I think, uh, I guess like my Jay Sanders from Cincinnati would be the last one you throw out. And he's more of that, like, he, he might even be more of a 4-3 defensive end, um, but but another just big Bradley Chubb, Randy Gregory type. And if that's what George Payton's after, then it, it could make some sense to take him too. All um, right. Yeah. Uh, as for someone in the comments, they said, don't take injured players, Jake Butt flashbacks. Remember, Jake yeah. Butt was a fifth round pick. Like At that point, you're just taking flyers. That's where you do take the injured players. Yeah, and like, just say like, yeah. Of course, can you point to George Kittle and say he was the very next pick? Yes, you can. But that's luck. Yeah, it's luck. You, any GM will tell you that's luck. Any fifth round pick that becomes a luck. Pro Bowler is luck. It's luck. Uh, you know, like we had Tim Connolly here the other night. Even he wouldn't take credit for Nikola Jokic. <laughs> he wouldn't take credit for Bones Highland. Uh, it's wild. But I mean, he's also just awesome. He is um, awesome. But anyways, we're gonna f- keep talking a little <laughs> bit more about these prospects in a second. I think Ojabo. He's, he's another one of like the dream guys. Again, especially because you're in the second round, you can't be drafting for need. That kind of is a need, but maybe not in the short term. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like I do think it's a sneaky weakness of the defense, but you could get away with saying, hey, look, we just got a guy who we think is a, is like an eight to ten year solution at the position. It's just not – this isn't one of those years. Yeah. Yeah, and especially because you look at it and say like if – if Bradley Chubb isn't out there, you're excited to have Malik Reed out there. Yep. You're excited to have Jonathan Cooper out there. Yep. Like you do have enough guys, and I mean, I, I don't know. It, it just it just sucks they tore that Achilles. It really like, sucks. Like if he didn't, then we couldn't have this conversation in the first place. But the good news is they've gotten a lot better at repairing those Achilles. Yeah, I mean, what? That's like six, eight months now. Six yeah. months more uh, often. Cam Akers. Yeah, exactly. He he did it at an insane rate. <laughs> Um, so that's good news. It's also good news that, uh, you can come down to the DNVR bar and hang out tonight. Watch Nikola Jokic be Nikola Jokic, a bit, kind of a big matchup tonight. Uh, if the Nuggets mm-hmm. win this one, they're, they're touch wood basically safe from the play. I know my, my girlfriend's a Timberwolves fan, oh. uh, which is like one of her worst qualities, but we were going to go and then they scheduled bus practice for tonight. Second practice of the spring. So Damn. I will be Both working all you. night. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be real fun. 
Um, so do you have tickets that you're trying to get rid of? No. Oh, okay. All right. No, sorry. I was going to say, uh, <laughs> I'm kind of interested in going. Um, we both went to the Avs game last night. Separately. We did. That was wild. Wait, tell the double seat upgrade story. <sighs> that was wild. So we're just walking in. They're like, you, you guys want a seat upgrade? Because she knew one of the guys. And they're oh, like okay. trying to pick people out. It's like, we have the two Coors upgrade seats of the night. Yeah. Get like a little Coors hat and gloves and all Apparently that Apparently you were on the Jumbotron. For, for an extended period of time. How did I not see this? I, was, I don't know. So I did go for like a uh, drink during a break, which I normally don't do. It was the first break. It's, it's, you got to be really fast. Yeah. The first long break where they The first intermission. Or first, uh, first TV break. Yeah. That so, I was yeah. gone. Yep. That, that explains sucks. it. I was surprised. I had like two people tweet at me, but I did expect more than that. Oh. I was being honest. I was like, I... I don't know, but that's that's a whole separate thing. But yeah, you get up there and there's like, okay, well, after the after the the first TV, you're gonna be on the camera, and it's like the camera's like up in your face, which is different than how that typically works. Right. Like usually it's just like, oh look, look it's me, it's you, yeah. and then two seconds later it's gone. But instead it's like forty seconds of just like drinking a beer and waving. <laughs> it just like, it was so awkward. I'm it was so, so sad awkward. I missed that. I know, I'm but so then I got sad. the season ticket upgrade too, and because like the lady just like texted me, is like, hey, you want an upgrade tonight? And I was like. Yeah, I, I typed out like, oh, actually, I got, and then my girlfriend looked at me and was like, "Take the upgrade." I was how like, "Oh the, yeah, we should definitely take this how upgrade was the too." Sponsored upgrade, not like the one of the best seats in the house. It was weird. So it's like up at like the end of the ice, and okay. and then there's like a wheelchair row, but then you're kind of on the concourse almost, oh, and there's like I a table with tall about. chairs, yeah. and so you actually have to like sit like this to be able to see the goal, uh, and so yeah. you're like looking past people trying to see things. We wound up being like 15 rows up from there. I'll just say this. If we're going to do the DNVR seat upgrade of the game, I mm-hmm. want those seats on yeah. the glass. Yeah. Exactly. Like, that's how it should be. Yeah. Should I was. Be. I kind of thought we might be getting that. But anyways, all anyways. that aside, um, come down, hang out at the DNVR bar tonight, watch the Nugs against the Timberwolves. Should be a fun one. Um, hopefully, Yoke just keeps going off. I mean, I don't... Yeah, we'll knock on wood for that because you know you have to. But you don't. I feel like you don't even have to with him. Like he's just he just does what he does. It's not like some nights he does some. What what's a stat where like Embiid is shot under thirty five percent ten times this season and Jokic has once. Once, yep. It's crazy. Uh, speaking of Jokic and those sorts of things, you can go bet on Nikola Jokic mm-hmm. at DraftKings Sportsbook. Pretty much just like where that's like the number one way i make money is by betting on nicole Jokic, um yep. other than my job those that's yeah. one and two it's probably pretty close though uh, it, it's it, it should be <laughs> if, if i was a little more aggressive it could be closer okay. um but head over to DraftKings sportsbook and finally march madness returns tomorrow i gotta admit the week break kind of kills my vibe when it comes to march madness i saw my girlfriend like the it's the first weekend is a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. And it's like, specifically, the first two days are a lot of fun. Yep. And the next two days, you're like, okay, still this fun. And then yeah. there's the break, and you're like, let's do it again. It's fun. But it comes around some... Thursday. So you're that like, part's... at least I only have to go through Monday, when, Monday, Tuesday, exactly. Wednesday. This one, going from Sunday to Saturday, it's just too long. I, I don't have the... I don't feel it anymore. Kind of over it. Yeah. Hopefully, North Carolina wins that. High. Yeah. That's, that's of For all, George Carl. I'll do it for George. George Carl and just the lowest seed. Hall of Famer. <laughs> Hall of Fame, Fame, Fame co-worker Hall of Fame ours. co-worker of ours. Uh, George Carl. Okay. Yes. Anyways, you can bet five to win 200 on any of those teams, including uh, these last two Final Four games and the championship game. If you get the team right, 
uh, you're going to get $200 in free bets over at DraftKings Sportsbook. Uh, so get over there and bet $5 to win $200. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Also check out the American Raptors over at Infinity Park. The weather's starting to get nice again. You're just going to be looking for awesome things to do outside. Mm-hmm. And watching rugby at Infinity Park is absolutely one of them. Like, uh, it has everything: the sun, sports, and beers. That's uh, all and of them. Cider, like they like ciders a lot. Oh. They've got Breck Brew seltzers over there. Ooh. Um, so you can just like go have a day, uh, just day drinking in the sun, watching sports for much cheaper than you can watching pretty much any other sport. Uh, so head over there, uh, go watch the American Raptors, and uh, and have yourself a day. Especially now that this weather is nice, it's it's so close to golf I season know. for me. I know we have that tea time in like two weeks. No, that's longer than that. It's in May. Oh, thank God! I, I was nervous. panicked. Yeah, I realized I was like laying in bed last night, and I was like, "Oh gotta shoot, I gotta! I have two weeks to be a good golfer." No, it's a little bit longer. Okay, good. I'm trying to get a, t- a tea time in the next couple weeks, though. Definitely. Like, next Saturday and Sunday is supposed to be mid 70s. Perfect golf weather. Nice. All right, uh, let's keep the conversation rolling. Anyone else that you think the, the Broncos should be looking at? Um, yeah, there was one more. Oh, the running backs. Mm. 64 is probably not a running back. But I will say they, they've got to draft one. Like, cause what, they only, I guess they have Killens on the roster too, so they do have three on the roster. The thing is, like, if you're really going to go at this with Javante just being a full-on bell cow, he's going to miss three games probably minimum. Mm. Uh, we'll knock on wood, but as much as like Mike Boone is fast and exciting and like there's like he had the six yards per carry on like the 40 carries a few years ago, whatever. Rolling into a season saying Mike Boone more likely than not is going to be starting games for us and the spellback is going to be Adrian Killens. Mike Boone has like a 150 yard game as a starter. And like 400 yards in his career. <laughs> he hasn't started very much. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But I do think you at least need some sort of competition. And again, there should be some options around this range. Like, I, I doubt that they'd go after like these top guys, but the top guys are going to go at the end of the second. You know, if you wanted a Brees Hall, Javante Williams combination, all of a sudden you have, I mean, it's like Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt. Like what? How many? How many teams have had that combination? Maybe that's pointing toward why they won't go after it. But but that one-two punch could just be incredible. I mean, Kenneth Walker right around there is the the other one that I'd look at. I don't think Spiller really fits because he is that like true bell cow type, um, and you're looking for somebody who's more of like a spell back. And those two also have the upside of potentially being bell cows down the road. Um, more likely though is like Kyron Williams in the third round. Mm-hmm. Um, quick little speedy guy from Notre Dame. It's a good fit in terms of exactly. Thunder and Lightning style thing. Totally. But I do think that one of those running backs is going to go. 64 is probably too high, but you never know. Like, if, if he really likes one of those backs and thinks that he can put one of those duos together, why not? It all comes down, in my opinion, to this Melvin Gordon situation. Mm-hmm. Um, both teams are just like – or both sides are just kind of slow playing each other, and yeah. I think the Broncos probably have a hard line number internally that they're mm-hmm. like, if he's ready to drop below $4 million, um, then you know we'll engage. Uh, same mm-hmm. sort of thing I think happening with Kareem Jackson. Yeah, you see some of like the Tyron Matthew rumors pop up. Um, I almost wonder if that's just the Broncos maybe l- letting that out there a little bit to have a little leverage over Kareem mm-hmm. to be like, well, 
we were, we were talking with Tyron too. We could go in on this. Yeah. So you if know, you don't take it. We might. We might right, just offer. Right. Him. Like you can't act like we're pigeonholed coming after you. Mm-hmm. And they also have another uh, lever of leverage, which is uh, <laughs> uh, Caden Stearns. <laughs> or they yeah. Can, they can just say like, we're, we think he's ready. Yeah. For uh, sure. So I think that's happening. But just to go back to running backs, if they don't sign Melvin, um, which they if they don't drive dr- sign Melvin, they have to draft somebody. It's just whether it's in the sixth round or up higher. I can't. I, I don't think they have to. You you uh, can't run in go into the season with Adrian Killens on the roster. <laughs> no offense to Adrian Killens, like that's just well, not going to okay, happen. So they might add someone in the late rounds, but yeah, I just think they they. I think that George Payton legitimately really likes uh, Mike Boone. Mm-hmm. When they brought him in last year, this was kind of the idea. They're like, let's bring in Mike Boone. And then we're going to go draft Javante Williams, mm-hmm. and then we'll let Melvin walk, and then we'll just kind of let those two guys step up a spot. Um, it's not – I don't know. I like Mike Boone. So, yeah. uh, you know, I I have property on Boone's farm. Uh, wow. So I, I'm in on Mike Boone. I just I, – I think there's definitely a real chance that if they don't sign Melvin – maybe one of the first four picks that they mm-hmm. have probably not the first but two three or mm-hmm. four could go on a running back mm-hmm. i guess and there's there's always running backs out there too and like again knock on wood but if you lose javante for an extended period of time you could go find somebody and like the the running back conversation gets weird because um like nfl twitter has pushed so hard against running backs that people just think like they almost think that running backs don't even matter anymore. Yeah. And it's like, no, no, no. You you should have good running backs. They you just, just don't you should be able to them find them. Yeah. Right. Don't, don't commit wanna, long term. Right. You don't want to pay them a ton. You don't want to commit long term. Having a second round running back on the roster with three years left on his contract and a third round running back on the roster with four years left on his contract is a really good, if, yes. especially we already know one's a hit. If you hit on both, that's like a really good situation to be yeah. in while in a Super Bowl window. Yeah. Because, I mean, again, like how often do you see that? Like Austin Eckler never like Austin Eckler Melvin Gordon, I guess was was in that kind of range. Aaron Jones, AJ Dillon, or even Jamal Williams was more productive that year before too. Yeah. But if you if you can find that combination, I do like the point from Jose in the comments though, who says I don't think the team will be running that much. And this goes into what Zach and I talked about yesterday. Yeah, um, you know, they're gonna let Russ cook. And he's never been allowed to before. No matter what anyone tells you, he's mm-hmm. Zach pointed out yesterday, he's never been higher than 16th in the NFL in pass attempts in a season, which yep. is mind-boggling. I th- I I'd be willing to bet he's top 10 next year. Probably. The difference, though, is that the Broncos should be up in games and running in the fourth quarter instead of throwing in the fourth quarter now. And on top of that, they should be running 30% more plays than they ran last year. Yep, and those, those touches go somewhere. Running, Trying to run the clock out is one of the reasons why I'd don't necessarily want them to bring Melvin back. Yeah, yeah. And that's the thing with Melvin is, like, it's not even just the money to me. It's, like, it, it's the money, but also you are the number two running back. Like, well, you this, need to accept that. And it, I don't think that. Too, I, I, I think he would. You do? The stakes are just too high to have a fumbler out there. To- totally. And Javante yes. also fumbled twice last year. Uh, yeah. And that's an acceptable number. Um, over the course of, of for a, a rookie of a season for a rookie. So, but you'd you'd like to see him have one or zero this yep. year. Um, but you can't. I, in my opinion, you just you can't be handing the ball off to Melvin Gordon when you're up seven, uh, late in the game. And you, it's easy to just say like, well, did you just play Javante then? But like, what if Javante got nicked up, what exactly? If he's what if Melvin's having a really good game and the running back coach sends him out there again? Like, 
just gives me anxiety. It gives me anxiety too. And it's it's a lot like the Bryce Callahan thing where it's like you you have to do something about the cornerback position and you want to get off of Bryce Callahan because you just can't trust him to be out on the field. Yep. Can you do that that this offseason though because there's a good chance that there's just not going to be another corner that's close to as good as he is and so you have to take the risk. And and it's the same thing with Melvin where it's like he has these flaws. I don't know that he's the perfect fit. I guess with the zone running, he should do a little bit better. But, I mean, you want to get off of them. Can you get off of them right now? Similar to Kareem, too. It's like you want to find the long-term answer at safety. It seems more likely that they'll just wait for Caden Stearns to be ready, though, there. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I want Tyron so bad. It would be uh, so much fun. In the comments here, this is a guy I know you like talking about. Uh, if Troy Anderson was there at 55 <sighs> to 60 range, do you try to trade up for him, or do you wait to see if he's there at 64? I feel like he's a great uh, fit for this defense. I saw him this year at MSU. I think you got to wait for him to fall. Also, can you just tell the Troy Anderson story because it's one of my favorite draft stories? I first of all, Troy Anderson is my nemesis. I've uh, I've mentioned this on the this draft podcast before. This is how I know before. he's good because you respect him I and he went to him. Montana State. I hate him so much. Like he was he was like our rival in high, Columbia Falls and Dylan in high school. It's kind of like, like me with Trey McBride, right? Like yeah, I have nothing bad to say about Trey McBride. Yeah. That should tell you how good he is. But like I remember like high school state basketball like multiple state championship games the year after i or the year after i graduated we finally beat him in a state championship football game but but he's like he was playing quarterback he's playing safety so he goes to montana state after playing at dillon and he obviously you don't get any offers he's 90 minutes from the closest walmart in dillon but wow. you wind up at montana state he's a running back he's a he's national like all freshman team whatever at running back they flip him to linebacker before the season, the quarterback is academically ineligible, so he flips to quarterback and winds up being an all-Big Sky quarterback. And then the last two years, he winds up playing linebacker, where he, I think, I mean, he was first-team All-American both, but this year he was the National Defensive Player of the Year. I think he was runner-up last year. Like, he's a freak. He ran like a 4-4 four, four something. He's he's long. He's six foot three. He's, he's very comparable to, like, either Taysom Hill or Luke Keekley that is insane to me to be it, able to, yeah to be able to get superlatives at three different positions on both sides of the ball in college <laughs> i realize it's, it's, wild. F- it's fcs but it does not matter no um the, the athleticism required to be that mm-hmm. type of running back that type of quarterback and a linebacker all in you know the the transition being a starter right away like yep. all that stuff is mind-boggling so he's become one of my favorite prospects in the draft it's wild just because it's like you you're just a straight up football player yep and and like there will be something for him still though like he he isn't like the most physical taking on blocks he he's a little bit wiry in his frame so you almost wonder if he's more of like the like isaiah simmons is he a safety is he a linebacker type of deal that, that half the time works out and half the time you're like well what do we do with him and so there are those sorts of question marks, and that's why, like, that's that's why he's probably a late second round pick. And I mean, if they traded up for him, I wouldn't be mad. I don't know that I could take Alex Singleton and Troy Anderson Maybe both on this roster. Both from I might lose my mind, but it is what it is. But he's he's with those linebackers and the other linebackers. I mean, Devin Lloyd isn't going to fall that far. Um, but if if he falls into the second, you could trade up for him. He should have been a Heisman finalist from Utah. Um, Christian Harris from Alabama. He he. I bet will be on the board. He's just a good, true inside linebacker. Um, Muma, Muma's popular. Mm. Um, Wyoming, N- right? yeah. Nicobe Dean from Al or Georgia, Georgia probably yeah. won't fall that far, but he's another one that 
somebody's going to slip. There's going to be a couple names we don't expect to be there. Um, but Troy Anderson is a really good one. Mm-hmm. I kind I would kind of like a lot of those names yeah. uh, there in the second round. Um, but I don't know. The Broncos have such a weird approach to linebacker. I just I never have any idea what they're doing. I know. At some point, though, I do think... Like, if you can have a stud linebacker, that changes a lot of things. Like, you don't have to worry about the run game. Like, n- now you're saying that it's like, well, how do you stop the run? Sure, I guess DJ Jones solves a lot of the progr- problem. Mm-hmm. You have Randy Gregory. He's going to really help. But I think... Josie. Yeah, Josie now you're like, really you have Josie right there. But then around there, it's like, Draymond can play like half the snaps. DJ Jones probably playing half the snaps. And, and very quickly, you get down to guys who are like, so the defensive line isn't going to stop the run. You have you have Josie, but then you also have like yeah. Bar- Baron Browning. Does right, he wind right. up back at inside linebacker? Like yeah. they have some options, but you're just missing that juice. And, and I, it was the weirdest thing to me ever that the Broncos never truly invested in the position while Vic Fangio was the head coach. Yeah. Being that he's a, an all-time great linebackers coach. You would think. And I think their thought process on that was like, oh, well, then that means he can just take regular guys and make them great. And with Josie – did a really good job. You did. Um, but I always just thought, like, give this man his Roquan Smith. That was the best – one of the best <laughs> seasons he ever had as a defensive coordinator was when he got Roquan Smith. And he didn't really – it didn't seem like he wanted it. He was, like, hypercritical of the, the linebackers in the draft every year. And uh, and I think that was a miss. Between that and the fact that he never tried coaching from the booth, I think those were two, huh. his two biggest mistakes. You can't have a head coach in the booth, Yes, though. you can. Why Who's, not? Who, who has done that? No one. Because you need to be on the field. Like Why? you need to, you need to be able to throw the red flag. You think you can throw it over you literally, sixty rows of people? You really you literally page down and say, Munch, throw the red flag. I just I, you gotta you gotta have like the pulse of what's going on down there. Like you gotta be the one talking to the refs. The refs don't want to talk to an offensive didn't coordinator. Have a pulse of his own, let alone a pulse That's, of what was going I, on. <laughs> that I, the best argument is, I mean, it's Vic Fangio. Why can't he be in the booth? It's not like, like he was what, motivating. It's not guys like he's doing there. anything. Yeah. There is that part, but I, that's... I, it was worth a try. I'd rather do that than <laughs> get fired. Um, anyways, uh, this has been good. Uh, go over to Green Mountain Dental Group, schedule mm-hmm. a cleaning, x-ray, and exam. They'll hook you up with a free Sonicare toothbrush, uh, which is a pretty pretty nice deal. Uh, they're also big Denver sports fans over there, especially big Avs fans. Uh, so if you want to go talk Avs with them while you're you know getting whatever work you need done, um, they're members of the DNVR family. They've supported us for a long time. So if you need any dental work done, head over to see our friends at Green Mountain Dental Group. All right, uh, let's jump into the comments here. Let's start with our super chats, if you will, there. No super chats. All right, then, Henry, you're going to need to buy me some time to pull up the comments from the website. Okay. One more name. DeMarvin Leal from Texas A&M. He's a freak. He's massive. He he put up like eight and a half, nine sacks as an interior defensive lineman last year. I think that he's kind of being overthought. You see mocks with him going in the second round. If he falls to the second, I'd be cool trading up to try to go after him too. What is making him fall? I honestly don't know. Yeah, because I think it's – I mean, we were talking about him top ten like a couple months ago. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, I, I think that there's some that just draft fatigue. I think the fact that he's an interior defensive lineman, I think people lose that. I think I think the big thing is people don't recognize just how disruptive he was. Like I, I think he gets kind of put in that box of guys who it's like, yeah, has those tools, all that sort of stuff. But he had a crazy number of sacks this year, and I, I think that maybe of all these guys, best case scenario is somehow he keeps slipping down to 64. Yeah, I mean – interior pressure is so invaluable like if you have one of those guys who's just making 
stuff happen mm -hmm. in the middle of the field. Um, and that's what, right? That's what he, that's yeah. kind of his specialty. Exactly. Uh, Eight and a half sacks this year. From the, from the inside. Yes. That is not normal. No, it's not. <laughs> so if you can, if you can get that, it really, it not only does it, you know, make it easier for your defense, but especially makes it easier for Randy Gregory and, and Bradley Chubb. It does. Which, you know, we go back to that DeMarcus Ware Von Miller season in 2015. Malik Jackson, Derek Wolf. Malik Jackson, especially, mm -hmm. uh, and Derek Wolf as well were so instrumental in mm -hmm. making that pass rush go all right let's jump into these comments you can of course always leave your comments uh, on the dnvr.com if you're a member at, at the dnvr.com you can also get member beers down here also if you're watching on youtube hit us with a thumbs up we always appreciate that this first one here comes in from aaron ray who just says my g's i appreciate your feedback and interest in my music i posted a link to my apple uh to apple music below for my song featuring the game I produced the beat oh. as well, so I hope you all enjoy it. It's also available on Spotify. How do you get the game on a song? He must be really good. I, I know. I haven't heard it yet, so we'll have to listen yeah. to it after this, uh, after this pod. Um, he also says, uh, P.S., feel free to check out some of my other songs as well, and let's ride. Um, next one here from Tommy Bronco. Boys, two things for you. Uh, one, I recently had a conversation with a coworker who believed that 11 of him in the wild with no tools would beat a full-grown charging hippo. Oh, a hippo. He goes, we'll get back to this in a second. But, I mean, come on. I believe it cannot be disputed that the hippo would win, which gets me to my first question. I kind of want to I kind of want to talk about this first. Hippo would win. 11 on 1. I mean, if, if they have, like, knives or something, then, yeah. Right. Give, give we me, need give me to the know guy. what the hand weapon to hand. looks like. Like, a hippo can take some blows. And I don't really think you could do much to a hippo. Like Exactly. You're just, like, trying to, like, punch its head. If you get close to that thing's head, it's chopping you in half. <laughs> I guess if you you have to sacrifice someone right away uh, to distract them from the front, then you could yeah. climb onto its back uh, and try to attack from there. But I just I, don't think you can really do that much I don't damage. even think you could reach around his neck. Like, you couldn't even, like, try to choke try him to, out. Yeah, I don't think you're getting around that. And, like, even if you're just, like, like doing, like, hammer elbows on top of its head. I don't I think it cares. It has such a thick skull, it just doesn't even yeah. care. Not in, like, a rude way, either. Right. Just like it's a hippo. I think, I don't think you can defeat a hippo without weapons. I don't think so either. I don't. I think that then, just looking at like the surface area of a hippo, I don't think that there's a number. <laughs> I think if you had a hundred people, they just kind of get pushed out well, behind. Like you could, you could wear could them out, like, suffocate it. But how? By like just, piling on. It'd just be chomping people in half. Like like I just I don't know. Ten people are just like pushing down uh, to make so make it so it can't. Or like sixty people are. Like leaning. How are you getting sure sixty not... people on top of the hippo? <laughs> like again, it's a surface area I'm problem. Thinking maybe you, you can't guys, get like, that many people in contact. You have like a platform that you have that everyone jumps off at the same time. Everybody's jumps Body off slams. the hippo. <laughs> Peta's gonna come after maybe, us for this conversation. Maybe that way, but I just I don't think you can do it. Okay, so here's the question that this leads to, which I don't really know how it leads to. What is one Broncos take that cannot be disputed, current or past? Uh, mine is that although the last six years have been shaky, John Elway is the driving reason the Broncos remained relevant. Without him, we don't have any of the Super Bowls. Um, so a Broncos take that cannot be disputed. I would say like John Elway being the best Bronco of all time. I don't really think you Terrell can Davis, that. best playoff runner ever. I'm sure someone somewhere has a dispute to that. They'd be wrong though. Right, but that doesn't uh, like. Does anyone dispute John Elway is the greatest Bronco of all time? Any single person anywhere? I don't think you could. 
I don't think he could either. Like even like Champ, just he, the impact. He has everything. The longevity, yeah. the post career and influence. Yeah. Everything. So I don't think it's disputable. Uh, finally, he goes, lastly, it's April Fool's. Let's hear an April Fool's joke that got you pretty good. Oh, God. Uh, Julian Edelman almost got me today saying he was going to sign with the Bucks. As always, cheers, Tommy Bronco. Let me just say this. Social media April Fool's jokes, one of the worst things that happens every <laughs> year. Like, I don't fall for them. They're not funny. There's n- None of them have ever been funny. Like the, it's just wow. like, oh, here's the thing that's not true. <laughs> it's not true. Yeah, there was one that got me last year. There, some of the guys on the football team were talking about it, but I think it was, I think it was either Brendan or Keith Miller who tweeted yeah. like, "I'm entering the transfer portal," and Brendan. that one got me for a minute. Yeah, I think that one did get me too. But in the end, it's like, well, now you just made me feel bad for a second. Like, yeah, congrats. No, that's people like that. People like to make. I like feel an, bad. a good April Fool's prank. Oh, like, you're more of a pranker than a joker. If you like do a real good prank on April Fool's Day, that's funny. That's good. But like just trying to like say something that's false on social media, super lame. Um, I thought of a good one. I don't. I got. I, I got. Got real good ones. It was the first time I'd ever been to a Nuggets game, and uh, it was against the Spurs. So I bet we could figure out what exact year this was. But I guess 2005. Okay. So I would have been like eight. Okay. Um. They put up make everyone at home feel nice and old. Yep. Uh, they put up the big thing on the the video board, like in the third quarter, saying the Broncos just traded. I think it was. Oh my God. I think it was Jake Plummer and Clinton Portis for uh, for Donovan McNabb and Brian Westbrook. I think the point of the joke was that everybody is like, "Oh, look, we got all these great players." <laughs> I was bawling. Oh, I lost no. it. I was in tears. They got you, me so good. You really wanted Donovan McNabb. No, no, because I love Jake oh, Plummer. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> Even though like it doesn't make sense now. No, like Donovan McNabb. Love Jake Plummer, but it's Donovan McNabb. Right. I yeah, that one really got me. That is actually a good one. It was it was great. Yeah, the like, Nuggets got me. Yeah. Social media wasn't really like a thing, mm-hmm. so like this hadn't been done a thousand times every totally. year. That's good. That's good stuff. I got my mom once with like the one of the most simple ones ever. Um, which is just like put the tape like you know the thing that you use to spray the dishes like it's an extra thing on the side of the so like it used to be so you had your regular faucet and then there was another one that you pulled out and like it was like high pressure so when you flip the thing well i just put tape over it um so when she sprayed it it just sprayed right back at her nice that's like harmless no no one was really upset but it was hilarious for me. <laughs> that and my was, sister. yeah, I bet. <laughs> uh, I can't remember one that anyone's really got me on. I'm, I'm pretty cynical. Like, you, you'd have to be, you'd have to do something really good to get me. Really, I think so. And I, and like, I want you to welcome that challenge. Okay, yeah, it's, I'm, it has been welcomed. Uh, all right, here, let's move on. Last question comes in from Bronco Tiz. Um, see, here we go. Like, th- this doesn't work on anyone. <laughs> Uh, and maybe <laughs> like, I don't know, maybe this is an actual rumor that they heard, but uh, anyways, here we go. Uh, just saw some disturbing news was hoping you can clear it up. Any truth to the news that, uh, the group with Kanye West and Antonio Brown is in the lead to buy the Broncos fran- franchise saw it with Adam Schefter just minutes ago, April fools, but feel free to play <laughs> on the podcast. If this happens, we riot. Like, no <laughs> one that coming. That. Yeah. No one Could you that. imagine if that happened though? I, I, the, and, uh, like here, it, it starts and ends with this the nfl owners have to approve who the owners are hmm. it would never ever 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 ever, ever ever go through that is true 
So if it did go through, though, like, like, how far are you sorry, from Bronco liking <laughs> Kanye? Like, like, how? I feel like, yeah, I don't like Kanye. How could you like Kanye at this point? But if he was the Broncos owner, I think I could get there. Could you I get there? I really, really, really like Kanye's music. Yo, me too. Yeah, no, <laughs> I've listened to it almost every day. Yeah, but at least especially his older music. Yeah. Like, I've been on a big um, college dropout kick yes. lately. And Good like, stuff. The vibes are just so good on that record. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just no. You just can't? No. You can't? If he was a Broncos owner, I think I could get there. I definitely... No. I could get a Kanye shirt. I mean, like... Around. No. No? no? Ah, just okay. can't happen. Okay. Too- I do like Pete Davidson a lot, too. That'd make it tough. <laughs> he's, like, maybe my favorite person. Really? Yeah. He's right up there. Him, Jokic... Yeah. Jokic is definitely mine. Yeah. What do you think of this? Uh, I, I can't remember if you were here for this yesterday. I was saying I, I think it would be like a good bit for me um, if I got a custom jersey of every Denver team that said Jokic on <laughs> <Yeah>. the back. <laughs> that would be a good bit. You I, should get 15 with Jokic on all of them. I've gotten mixed reviews on that. Um, a- actually, everyone's liked it except Allie. Was it? Oh, okay. <laughs> I was thinking Adam. I could see Allie not liking it too. Yeah. I think that's a good bit. It is a really good bit. Like, you show up to the Broncos game with a 15 Jokic jersey. Like people are like, oh, that's funny. Yeah, it's hilarious. Yeah. Like, Thank you. Yeah. Uh, were there any good um, pranks in the comments? All right, let's get to the super chat and then see. I saw a couple people leaving some pranks in there that we can get to. All right, let's hit the super chat first. Uh, from <laughs> Jelly, uh, thoughts on Cordell Flott and Neil Farrell. I don't know them. Oh, was Flot was Flot the one who got hurt? I don't know. I thought he was the one that had to play in place of someone else. That could be. I don't. I don't know them well. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. Um, and then one prank you said that was a decent. Higher learning says dorms my freshman year. My RA taped a bunch of trash to my friend's door because he kept leaving trash in the hallway. That was a good one. Who leaves wow. trash in a hallway? What What's the content? Like, like just you just you like, have to do it have intentionally. Have a bag of chips and just drop it out like, there. <laughs> I guess like just open the door and toss it out. Right. It's true that you don't like unless they just hung out in the hallway a lot, uh-huh. and so they were like eating and they just wouldn't clean up their stuff. Because hall- you don't produce trash in hallways usually not. Like like the, the things that people do like. So maybe the kid really didn't like the RA. He's like, I'll maybe. just throw this trash out here. They'll have to pick it up. And that's something we should look into because maybe the RA deserved it. Ooh, yes. That's like my favorite tweet, which is like, um, we make so much of uh, like parent, like deadbeat parents, but no one ever asks if the kid had bad vibes. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yes. <laughs> yes. And so the kid probably didn't deserve that. Probably. Um, all right. I think that wraps it up for us. This has been great. Good conversation. Um, we're going to be talking a lot more about these types of prospects it's the first time in a really long time in the history of this podcast that we haven't had a first round pick to talk about um except for russell wilson our first round pick for the next two years which we really like uh but we'll have hank on andre Uh, obviously it'll all lead up to our draft coverage which we're going to have as always from start to finish of the nfl draft Um, but we do want to want to start shifting people um like most draft podcasts you listen to anywhere are mostly talking about first round picks mm-hmm. uh, so we're gonna have to start shifting people's uh, eyes to these guys like you mentioned and we'll we'll bring up more as the pod goes on uh, but for now that's gonna wrap it up for us on the dnvr broncos podcast thank you guys so much hit us with a thumbs up on your way out subscribe 
hit that bell for your alerts. Uh, and next week, Three Ring Circus will be back. Zach and Mace will be back. Can't wait for it. We'll talk to you guys then.